0: hello there hello there hello there welcome to my podcast again um i should just call this will updates his computer (laughs) i have not been doing a lot of writing i've said this too recently and um i turned this thing on there's always an update so i'm watching an update hopefully it'll it'll work uh I got one of these little Surface computers. You know, my uh, sister's a teacher, and I had always had a laptop. They're ex- they're expensive. They've always been expensive. And this little Surface is something that they've used. They have the Pro Surface Pro. My brother-in-law has one, and they brought these little things up. and uh, The uh, keyboard comes off of it. It's like a tablet, and I was like whoa what is that thing you know that's pretty neat and they were were telling me about it they use it for teaching and it's it's convenient and i went down their place and saw how convenient it was and i wanted to get one for myself but unfortunately i am not a very wealthy person to be able to spend what what they spent for theirs um they uh, needed it for work i needed it for writing which is work you know and doing podcasts things like that and I, instead, I was looking at the options on it, and I wanted this, uh, I knew what I wanted, but I wanted something smaller, too, and I saw the go. And when I got the keyboard, I was kind of like, wow, you know, it's it's a little small, small for my my needs. I've got these big uh, soup bone hams, you know, to type with, or it didn't fit right in the keyboard. You have to tilt your hands a little bit. So I did bunch of different trips up looking at ones at different stores and finally i saw a guy that had one at um got a computer store and he said hey you know this is the high-end one he says i'll give it to you for a decent price and um yeah he says you know it's um uh, it's it's got the the extra keyboard the keyboard alone was like two hundred dollars i think on some of these models And um, I love it. I really love it. But since this pandemic hit, I just find myself sitting in front of it. And I used to be able to even like taking it to work if I had some downtime, um, doing rounds and stuff. I could have it on and I could listen to music or podcasts or something or just do some writing. I pre-write my work by hand and then to give myself a rough sketch of what I want to write out or a poem. I just write it out. And then type it up and uh, throw it off to my publisher. But I just haven't been doing that. It's awful. This pandemic has really been been depressing to me mentally, uh, physically, spiritually, you name it. And then falling out of the tree. Uh, really, really a rough, rough year, man. But I have it and it seems like the only time I do anything, I turn it on. And it says, Hey, there's an update available. You have to do this. And sometimes it makes you restart it. And it's really a pain in the backside. But I uh I wanted to do a do a podcast. I've been thinking about this for a few days and every time I've wanted to do this podcast, I get um I don't get the opportunity to really um sit down long enough to, to record what I want to and I was going to have uh, a couple interviews too for different bands this year that didn't pan out so I wanted to, well last year so this year I have this really remarkable story I want to cover with this guy one of Light Tribe's first bands Battle of the Bands you name it and um, they're writing a book about him and I was sitting here having him just talk to me in person, telling me about it. I'm blown away by the story. I wanna I want to interview him coming up, but still on the agenda. But this this week, this week I uh I want to talk about the elephant in a room that we're all dealing with. Um i just listened to Raylan's podcast. She was on this this uh, other gentleman's podcast, he's a really great podcast, another one I'm going to start listening to and uh she was say about how tough it is on musicians and um yeah it is it's really it's really rough it's, this year's been rough he, he's felt the same way he's felt the same way and i thought man brother i can relate 100 percent to everything you're saying there um uh, i'm more of a writer than a musician obviously you people have heard me play my guitar i'm pretty rusty with it i get out the guitar the ukulele I haven't had a lot of time to pick it up lately. As well, I've had time, I just haven't had the ambition to do it. That's the thing. Um, I've been working more with fountain pens. So, you know, I uh, wanted to talk about the elephant in the room that's caused all this COVID. And I've been doing a lot of research the past week, week and a half. And uh I well I don't know where to start this really. Okay, I'll start at the beginning. You know, being being a, a frontline worker, which is really what I am, and I work in, in a field that's a little bit of the juvenile justice system and a little bit of the um the juvenile justice system? And it's a little bit more than that, too. There's a lot that goes goes into my job that happens to be uh, a lot of um, health issues too with people. Um, there's, there's there's medications. There's there's the, the group home sense that you're dealing with that and the medical. And I never I never see it so much as that. I always see it. Uh, more in the in the line that um, going to work and I'm doing a job and I'm dealing with people and I'm dealing, dealing, I always liked this job. I used to work work in retail and I always loved it. And um, <coughs> to work with people when they need help in their issues is a hundred times better than dealing with the public because you're actually applying a need in a service. And I'm using the psychology of it and also the... Uh, the justice system part of it too, but it's a dangerous job right now. It's a really dangerous job. Just like it's is up there with these musicians. Uh, it's up there with retail, but it's, it's a, you know, it's a professional um, job. And uh, I was looking around me, I mentioned in the past podcast about uh, this young man, uh passed away that was a bartender and I've seen um, friend of mine there, the three-year-old, was in the hospital with COVID. And I was like, wow, you know, this is really getting bad. This is really, really, really getting bad. And every day you wake up, it used to be like uh, things you'd complain about. Now none of that matters. None of those little things matter like they used to. So what I found out is uh, I got an email from... The CEO of the company I work for. A really great lady. A really great person. One of my favorite people to deal with. She's she's always a very approachable person. She's caring. She's... In the 19 years I've worked there, I'm going to tell you, she's probably the, the best CEO we've had. And I'm not, I'm not even talking about my job. I won't name it. There's some... There's some confidentiality issues. I have to be careful with uh, what I do. But that being said, she sent out an email and said about the vaccinations going on. And I I misread it. I misunderstood what it said and I thought about it. and um, I, I felt this moral dilemma because I'm not a big not against vaccines, I'm not a big proponent of them. I've always been the kind of person, and this is my mentality from day one was hey, you know, um vaccines there's usually shortages. they should go to the elderly, they should go to people with health reasons that need them. that sort of deal and that was that was my stand and i i I, I voiced that, and as I thought about it more, I had people say to me, you know hey uh this isn't like the flu buddy this is something that when you get vaccinated you uh are not just protecting yourself you're protecting everybody you're in contact with you could be at work and catch it from a client or or somebody else and you could go to the store or you could bring it back and forth and the way i'm moving around uh doing that and plus being a writer it it puts me in more points of contact and those points of contact are ones where you can catch it so i thought about it more and i decided that i wanted to research it more and this vaccine is a little different than the other ones i've ever had it's usually they give you the the dead vaccine the dead virus your body builds up an immunity to it this one doesn't work that way it it create they create a uh it's spike protein in your body. So they give you this mRNA that creates just that protein. And it's in your body for a couple of days. I believe it's two days, three days it starts making it, and then you have a reaction to it where your body says, Hey, what's this? And it it's not the virus, that's the weird thing. It's it's just that spike protein. Two ways for people to understand this, and it's been I thought it was fairly simple, but uh, talking to other people, they don't quite comprehend it. And that's because they don't have the science background idea. But I'll go into it um, when you get this vaccine, what you're basically doing. It's kind of like if you ever had a zip file, you know, mRNA is you got two cells Mm -hmm. and and, um, in the DNA, (coughs) excuse me. If it wants to send message from one cell to another or one thing to another, it'll send it in a packet format. Format. That's what RNA is. That's how babies are made. That's how cells, you know, double helix. <clears throat> uh, excuse me. This is why I've had trouble recording. I'm, I'm having some of these symptoms from this. But the... the uh, mRNA is sorry about that that's the guy I like the interview just just texting me telling me that uh no I didn't even tell him I was doing this I, I I'll do it do it some other time that'd be great though if I could get him in but the the mRNA uh vaccine is like a like a zip file that's blank so think about it that way that's one way or a folder just think about if you had a folder that had uh, classified information in it and it says right on the front top secret and you're supposed to give it to this person and they see it. Okay, classified information. We can let it in into the building. Well, that folder says it all and somebody sees it and says, oh wow, this this shouldn't be in my hands or this should be there or I don't want this. Well, if it was the actual virus, that would be an envelope full of uh, materials that were dangerous, but for this time and being it's just an empty folder and they see it and they go wow that's that's that shouldn't be here and open up there's nothing there so it's not going to hurt you whereas then when the real guy comes by and he's got the folder full of the stuff and they see it oh wait yeah this happened the other day you're not allowed in here that's that's basically what it's doing it's giving a false equivalency of the spike protein that the virus uses so it's not giving you the virus i've seen all these misconceptions so i researched it very well i always do anything i'm going to put into my body i'm going to research it because i could i don't like this year but you know i don't need this vaccine i could die like anybody else but i can just as easily sit here and uh, do nothing too but that's that's what I, I looked into, and I said, well, you know, this is worth getting. Like people talked me into it, and I contacted the company at work for, and I said, yeah, I'll, I'll take it. I'll definitely take it, because if they're offering it to me as a frontline worker, that's telling me they want me and my field to keep my clients safe, their families safe, and the older people I work with. And I, I it, was an, it was an honor honor to get it for that reason, and not, not for myself, because there's... Nothing fun about getting a vaccine. Um, it, it's it's tough. I'll tell you, this is a real tough thing. And it's only the first dose. I guess the, you tell me the second dose I'm going to be getting is worse. <laughs> but it's, you know, your body builds up an immune response. It's good. It's good to have that. First give it to you, you didn't feel too much. I'm sitting there and I have you sit around for like 15 minutes. And I, I feel fine talking to a few people I know I work with and, They had us in this little area, and I left. I was like half an hour I waited. I gave it an extra 15. Went to get some things I needed at a pickup site for a store. It always seems more exciting than it is. It used to be, you think, oh, wow, pickup site. This guy's like, you know, either buying something illegal or he's working for the CIA. (laughs) It's up crazy. Now it's just like you're going to Walmart, you know, and they're going to bring stuff out to you. I started feeling a little weird. I thought, wow, you know, my arm is really starting to hurt me. And it got it got sore. Let me tell you, I ached everywhere, everywhere. And that was one of the symptoms. And then that followed with a general just tiredness, uh, heart racing feeling. Um, obviously, you can't have a drink on this. It's probably not the best thing. So I didn't do that. But there, there were a lot of symptoms like that. I felt itchy a little bit. All those things, so I know my immune system's working, which is very good. It's good to see that it's it's working, and I uh, I really am glad to know that. Now this doesn't give you immunity to it. Even if you get the second dose, you could still catch it and spread it. You're not going to die from it. It, it limits it. If every everybody has to get this, for this to work. And it shouldn't be rolled out this way. Like I'm looking at a lot of older people are getting it and a lot of people aren't. It shouldn't be something that uh, people on the black market that are celebrities I've been hearing want uh, it. And it's 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 pretty, pretty ridiculous. I uh, hope they can roll this out where everybody can get it. Because this is the first time in history, it's the first time in our history that you could be a billionaire Sit on a park bench. That homeless guy you've been looking down on, okay, uh, just like that song, Pretty Paper, Willie Nelson, you know, look, look at the value of a human life. Here, This is your life too. That homeless guy that you say, oh, he shouldn't have health care or whatever, he could have it and you're dead, okay? So it's going to take everybody to get this vaccine for it to work, or at least I believe something like 70% of the population. And the virus is still going to be out there. It's kind of like the old uh, take an Olympic swimming pool and put a drop of uh, food coloring in it or have a little kid pee in it. And uh, it's always there. So this is something we're going to be dealing with. And being, being one of the people that gets it first is good and bad. The good part is is that I am um, being proactive about my clients and people, as I said. The bad part is is when my immunity wears off will probably be about the time that everybody has gotten it. And I don't know what that means. If I'll have to get another dose of it, I don't know how long this immunity will last. If it's months, days, weeks or what. So that's not very clear to me, but I did get it. And I want to tell everybody, you know, if you get the opportunity, if you're in the field, um, you're saving lives it's exactly what you're there to do so uh, wonderful wonderful to get that opportunity opportunity to to get the vaccine for me and deal with these symptoms I'm thinking I wanted to do this podcast about it. I wanted to do it the heart palpitations and things that really is the worst uh, if anybody has heart issues, I would really talk to your doctor about it before you get it. It's a little scary a little bit with that that side effect, and it hit me at night. So, so should you get it or not? Yes, definitely, uh, if you're healthy enough to. It's worth it. Sitting there thinking about that little kid. The little kid that I've known. That's was like three or four years old. I've seen him as a baby and that. People bringing him around. and Relative of a, a friend of mine. And uh, hearing that the kid was in the hospital with it. And j- just seeing how awful that was. And the kid down the street here. The guy that was a musician. That really really was a moment for me to think about this and uh, think about the vulnerabilities our society has always been geared on what's in it for me and uh, this is more of a John F. Kennedy moment Uh, ask not what your country can do for you but what you can do for your country pretty profound oh Lastly, this week has been, you know, I saw the thing on the news at the Capitol, and I've never been so disgusted in politics. I've never been so disgusted in the culture we have now. I wanted to address that, and I'm not saying much on social media that says public. Privately, I'm just like, I'll be honest, I'm ranting. There's people that I've known. That have been extremes on both sides. And I'm not saying both sides are good. Obviously, you know, when you have people doing that. But um, I I see it both ways. And I'm going to explain that on both sides, what that means. I'm always, I always thought about that allegory of Plato's cave. Where you have the guy that's sitting there in the cave. And he's seeing... You know, he's sitting straight and he's seeing images go across the wall. And he sees a rabbit and a deer, d- different things. And he thinks that's the reality of the world. And one day, for some reason, he turns around and looks back, turns his neck. Nobody's, nobody's turned their neck. And he sees, wow, that's, that's, that's a projection. So he goes up around a cave and he sees different things that, you know, everything in his life he's been told is much deeper, much more meaningful than it really is. And should he go outside of the cave into the real world and see that all this has been a moment of blindness coming into the light? Um, a very watered-down version of Plato's allegory of the cave. But that's that, that that would reference to knowledge or education or something like that. So you have people on various scales in life, both sides of the party. you very... Educated uh, Republicans, Independents, Democrats—everything. A lot of times, people speak down to people, and it does no good. It does no good. I've said, i said to—I'm uh, no, guilty of this. There's people just you just can't explain facts to. Okay, but I'm guilty of this a little bit myself. I found it work when I first got out of college. I knew all these big psychology terms. I had all this big education. And when they put me in front of a client, I was so ready to do it, I, I failed. I fell on my face. I realized Vygotsky's zone of proximal development, where if you have somebody down here and you're here, you have to meet them in the middle to be efficient, to teach. And you bring them up in steps. It's like stuff with anything. And it's not just an education. You know, I'll get that most educated guy at that university and I want to see him him, turn a motor of a car, make sure it's not leaking, make sure it's down a thousandth of an inch, that it's not warped the head on it and whatever, whatever. Everybody has their specialties. Where we fail greatly is when we feel we're better than other people. Or we're not willing to learn. So if you're the guy that isn't willing to share what he knows, and doesn't know how to, or the person that doesn't want to learn it, that's when both people were in a very warped sense of their reality. It's not the reality they're living in. And what I what I saw this week, and have seen, is what many people refer to as evil, evils of the world. And what what does that mean? The evils of the world are more of a psychosomatic approach to how people have been treated, how they've learned to deal with things, yes, but also a little bit of the maladaptive angle of that and the mental illness side. My way or the highway. Every every great writer knows this. Every great writer knows this, that's writing a, writing a story. Uh, do you want to write the villain that's tying the girl to the tracks and laughing as the train's coming? What's his motivation? Okay. I'm not saying there's villains in this, but I'm saying this is, if you're writing a novel and you want to show somebody that's an antagonist, to put it that way. What is their motivation to get them where they are? Every sense of a crime, a victim, victimization of someone, a sense of a twisted, warped sense of reality to an entitlement or somebody that wants to feel better than somebody else or take from somebody else it comes from those five basic needs that. Uh, I said, you know, uh, if it was uh, Piaget, and it wasn't Piaget. <laughs> uh, extra points for people that figure that one out, because it's been a while. I, I can't think of it. <coughs> there again, I, I all those theories, I love them, but I always went back to horse sense, like Zhang really did. But when you see people do things, their motivation, no matter what it is, the guy that's the rich guy embezzling money, the poor guy stealing for food, it, it comes down to those five basic needs. Food, belonging, safety, you name them. And that's what we saw. We saw people believing their needs to be met by doing this and People are like holy shit. I can't believe people are doing this. Well, that's that's why because they have a belief system that they have been told that this is okay, that this is going to get them what they want. And really, let's get down to it. Neither of these, none of these politicians give a damn about anybody. Not that they're bad. That's just they're a politician. They're not here to think about the guy that has been. Out of work, depressed, going through this pandemic, and people's minds have been a little warped over it, and it takes one little spark. So it was awful. It was a really awful thing, and it makes me really think of the sense I want to get back to. What did America mean when my dad was in World War II and we were being attacked, and these people were signing up and coming from small-town USA, people from the Midwest, down south, you name it. They were all people coming together to solve a problem in the world and to show what American democracy and American spirit is about. It broke, broke my heart. Not just about the Capitol building, it broke my heart to see other americans acting like that and i'm not judging them i'm not i know what they did is wrong i know what they did is wrong i'm not on here to disagree with people or be disagreeable it just it just broke my heart so we're going to have a new president and my advice to mr biden You who know, I think he reminds me a lot of my dad, I have to admit that. My advice to him is, you know, both both parties need to get back to doing things for the good of the American people and temper down this this rhetoric, man. This is awful. This doesn't make anybody proud to be an American, this rhetoric. It doesn't make anybody feel good. This or that, you know. Um, it's, it's not great to have you disagreeing with this neighbor because he believes in this political thing and you don't when you're both Americans. And then when you get to the whole big picture of you're all citizens of the world. So hopefully we'll get back to something better soon. I want to really think about those people that died. That cop. That woman that was a veteran that she went in there believing that and uh, my thoughts and prayers are with, with their families. What an unnecessary thing, an unnecessary loss of life. Right now, you could get that many people to organize. Think about this. This is, this is the thing. But were there 20,000 people there? I don't know. You get that many people to organize and give a dollar to a charity to a family that's struggling, to any, any of these many myriad of issues, I am very proud to support. That energy could have been used for good, and it could have changed a lot of lives, okay? Just, just... Put that into perspective whenever somebody's doing something, be it political, be it any kind of propaganda, be it it anything like that. There's good types of it, you know, I mean, Taylor Swift just released an album and it was wonderful and she rolled it out beautifully and people were behind it and it was a wonderful thing, good energy. It made you feel good, didn't it, to hear her music? It made you feel good to know that any of these musicians right now, uh, Kevin Eubanks, man, he just posted something the other day that brought a tear to my eye. It was so beautiful. And I thought, you know, that's why I I look every day. And there's a couple people I always want to see what they post. Um, Brian Walsh, his battle with ALS. I, I, that that's put in a positive way man that's taking something negative and making it positive so you know the world please man don't get round up in these crazy things keep your feet grounded be, be a part of something bigger than you don't be don't be dark like that be light and uh, think about one another that's, that's why I got this vaccine. That's why I want everybody to get this vaccine. Start thinking about one another. If we all care about one another, it's good. And <laughs> I quote, to quote uh, one of the roles that one of my heroes, heroes, one of the people that's inspired my life, those People like my dad's generation, you know. Willie Nelson's music always is uh, like a voice of truth. He does it his own way. I love it. Uh, but his one rule is don't be an asshole. And that's the other rule is don't be an asshole. <laughs> so you can live by that. You can you can do pretty well with yourself. All right. I'll, I'm going to do a podcast when I find out what the second vaccine is like i will let you all know but i want to encourage all of you if you're on the fence about it don't be on the fence get it and uh take care of one another okay bye